episode 193, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 4, episode 18, No Regrets. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to start off the episode. Uh, I'm here alone right now, but I won't be here alone this entire time, so don't worry. You will get to still hear the wonderful dulcet tones of Agent Stewart and Agent Samantha. We're going to – this is a building episode. I'm starting out alone. Stuart will join me for the news. Samantha will join us for the the main event, and then we'll have one listener feedback that will join us to make it – just adding another uh, personality and voice to everything. Although it'll be one of our voices reading that person's email, but it will be reading it with their word voice. You know what I mean? I'm not going to try and explain myself. I am going to try and explain the show though. If you're just joining us uh, because yeah, ages of shield, it's getting, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to show my hand. I hated this episode because I love this episode and I'll, I'll get into it more later, but for now, this is a podcast about Marvel's Cinematic Universe, and uh, we are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We love the Marvel movies, and we enjoy watching them. We enjoy talking about them, and we really enjoy watching and talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so, without any further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and play our sounder. We're going to jump right into it to talk about some news. There are some cool news items that came up that will affect this show uh, pretty pretty directly Possibly. Again, we'll talk about it here in a moment with Agent Stewart. Shield Intelligence Report. Welcome, Stuart. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Not bad. How you doing, man? Doing well? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty All good. Right. So, hey, I got a game. Want to play? Sure. It's called Is It in the MCU or Not? Hashtag Is It MCU. That is something that we are using yes. a lot. Yes. Now, one of these is going to be really easy. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna softball okay. it to you so you can figure it out. Okay. So let's start with that one. Uh, start with that one. Uh you guys are gonna go see Guardians of the Galaxy in like twelve days or thirteen days or something like that. It's very close. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy two. It's coming. Um you might remember we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy one mm-hmm. on episode fifty-eight of this this here show. Uh-huh. Um welcome okay. to level seven dot com Guardians. Here's the thing. James Gunn is making a third one. Is it in the MCU or not? It is. Okay, good. I I, I agree. All I right. Agree. Okay, okay, great. Good, good. But that's not – I, 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 I thought there was another thing that was going to be the softball. Oh, that just got released at, at, yes. today. We have four news items then. Okay. okay. Here's the fourth one. Um, throw, it, throw it at me. Captain Marvel yes. has some directors. 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 Two of and them. And I don't two of them. And they are um I they're people I've never heard of. People I've never heard of. I even and looked they at did their movies IMDb I never heard page. of. <laughs> yes. Uh Nancy Bowden? No, Anna Bowden. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I, f- I apologize. And if you're listening to the show, please forgive me. Um Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck 
They've done movies I've never heard of. Yay! But is it in the MCU or not? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, here's here's the thing with that. They are a team, uh, a lot like the Russo brothers. I mean, they've done a lot of things yes. together. They've co-written things together and co-directed things together. Um, so apparently, Marvel has put the trust in them. So we'll we'll see. What we and get. Captain Marvel is going to be a big. It's a big to do. Oh, like I, I'm. I can't wait. Yes, that's going to be a big one. Like, I feel like that's going to be big. Like Captain America was big. It could be. It could be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So. So two softballs. You threw them at me. I knocked them out of the park. You knocked them out of the park. You're, 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 you're doing well. You're doing (laughs) well. All right. New Warriors has some casting info. If you, we'll have this link in the, in the, in the thing. It's another TV show from Freeform. Yes. Produced by Jeff Loeb. Yes. And we in the MCU or not. Well, here's the thing. First of all, this is the show that's going to star Squirrel Girl as, I, I guess, mm-hmm. the primary character. And in the news item, they actually mentioned they are going to reach out to this Anna Kendricks and to the the uh, to Barb from, from Stranger Things. Uh, but there's no cast news yet. But they do list the characters. And the characters are Night Thrasher, who is the skateboarding superhero from the 90s who was in, um, in the, on that team. Um, Speedball, he's there. He's the one in Civil War who caused the whole... Who caused Civil War kind kerfuffle. of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a part of that whole situation. He's the spark. And then, for me, the exciting thing. Now, Squirrel Girl... Yes, she was a Great Lakes Avenger, but not in any of the comics that I read that caused me Mm -hmm. to love the Great Lakes Avengers. And I haven't talked about my love of the Great Lakes Avengers for a long time, but Craig Hollis, Mr. Immortal, Great Lakes Avenger is in this show as a main character. This means Great Lakes Avengers is that much closer to being a part of the MCU. But your question is. Is it MCU? My answer is leaning more towards like 80 to 85%. Yes. 15% ish. uh, No, because in the description of the characters, they mentioned that um, uh, Robbie Ray, I wouldn't know what's his name. Speedball anyway, um, Mm -hmm. has lived and watched Quinjets leave the Avengers tower. Uh, and he wants to be like them. That is a huge suggestion to me that mm-hmm. this show is going to be MCU. Robbie Baldwin. Robbie grew Robbie up watching Quinn take off from Avengers Tower and loves the idea of being a hero. I mean, I, I, I can't. Unless they went the powerless the way. MCU, because the powerless show is all about Batman without ever showing Batman. Right. You know? But one of the things that has been said since the big, since we saw Nick Fury as, um, at the end of Iron Man one, you know, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man one was that it's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all connected. So we'll see. We'll it's see. all connected we'll see. except if it wasn't right. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> which we don't know if anything's like that or not. So we, okay. we still no official confirmation. 
other than this Quinjet mention. But to me, Mm. that is huge. Right. Why put that in there? If it's not, if it's not a thing, he has watched the Avengers, not as a movie, but as people. Okay. Or, or the, or the, or the bootleg copy of it. Yeah. He bought off the kid from, from Luke Cage. Yeah. Okay. That's my answer. What's your answer? I believe I, I'm, I'm in, I, I think it's 90%. Okay. MCU. All right. So what's our but next one? I want it to be MCU. Okay. The next one is the Cloak and Dagger trailer. Did you get to watch this one? I watched it a couple times. Yes. Very, Very good. Yeah. I am looking forward to this show. Um, I hope. Well, let me ask you. Here's the final one. Is it MCU? Okay. I don't. Uh, I'm up to. I think it was 75% last time, maybe, or 50% last time. I'm yeah. up to like 85, 88% that mm-hmm. it is. Um, they, they show cloak on top of a building and there's rocks mm-hmm. on in bright mm-hmm. lights, bright lights, mm-hmm. rocks on company or whatever. Again, why put that in there? If it doesn't, if it doesn't matter. I mean, you had, you had all of, uh, Iron Man three talk about Roxon. You had Agent Carter. Uh, Agent Carter talk about Roxon. I mean, you don't put that in there unless it means something. Well, it could so be I'm, just a neat detail that comes from Marvel lore, but no, not the way they've touted the it's, MCU. Yep. I mean, they've been building this thing for 10 years. So I think we are in the MCU with these shows. It's very interesting, though, because we now have all these different things. You have um, Netflix corner. You have movie corner. You have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. corner. And now I think you're gonna, we're going to end up with Freeform corner. And I'm really curious uh, if we're going to get a, a Freeform crossover. Where oh yeah, Cloak and Dagger show up on New Warriors or whatever. I can totally see that happening. I mean, the CW, which Freeform is kind of like ABC's answer to the CW because they're both sort of aimed at that younger audience. I mean, have you seen what the the Legends Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow had a crossover? I have not seen the crossover, but I knew about it, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen it either, but I knew that it existed, right? That's a huge that's like four shows having their own crossover. Um, so I can I can totally see Cloak and Dagger and uh uh Squirrel Girl having a crossover. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say much more about it other than to say, come on guys, let it be all connected. If you're gonna Please. do it, if you're gonna do this and connect it with these little bits, let's go all in and have Colson show up on new warriors. Huh? Yes. If he, if he, if he makes it out of the framework alive, well, let's talk about that framework, huh? Let's get yeah, into it. That's a good idea. All let's right. And we will join. Uh, let's, let's invite Samantha to join us. How, how's that sound? Yes. I'll, I'll dial her and call her now. All right. Okay. Mission report. <laughs> All right, Stuart, shall we give a good welcome to our agent, Samantha? Welcome. Hi, Samantha. Hello. All right. Welcome back, I should say, to the show. Yeah. Yay. Bet. Glad to be back. Yeah. So 
Let's jump into this. We are talking about an episode called No Regrets. And I already mentioned this. You guys didn't hear it because I was recording by myself. But I already mentioned I hate this episode because I love this episode. You could say I hate myself for loving you to this episode, I think, is what I'm saying. Because I, let's not bury the lead here. <laughs> Mace dies. And yeah. I was having emotional reactions to things that were happening on the screen. Yeah. I didn't like it. Were, were, was somebody chopping onions in the other room? Is that what was happening? <laughs> no, but there's a lump in my throat that was just kind of saying, hey, Ben, come on. It's okay. I'm your friend. And I'll say, no, lump in my throat. Go away because I don't want you there. <laughs> and then things happen. And I'm like, lump in my throat I hate you why don't you just and the lump leave just, it's like but buddy I love you yeah the lump in my throat was like I mean, I'm, I'm just your friend man you know I just want to be your friend come on let's be friends and you... I'm like lump in my throat I hate you leave me alone and finally he did he left you got a friend in me uh, I, seriously uh, I mean I, it was I was surprised. I kind of saw where this was going when it started going there. And I thought, oh, great. And then it went there and I thought, oh, this is actually fairly well done. And then when they got to the last scene where they show him flatlining, uh, a little bit of emotion came back up, lump in my throat, kind of jumped back up and said, hey, remember me? And I was like, shut up and leave me alone. And it did. <laughs> um, yeah. So... That's well, my emotional reaction to this episode. <laughs> I had a similar friend come by while I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I s kept telling Lump in my throat, et, uh, <laughs> 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 that, you know, I was feeling the same way. I was like, please go away. Please. Yeah. Too many feels. Well, and that's just it. This, this is an, an emotional episode because we also have a reunion with an old friend that we talked about happening. Right. Yeah. We, we speculated. What about trip? And I was just thinking, no way they weren't going to do that. But I think it was you, Samantha, who said, well, what about trip? And yeah, yeah, he came there. He was, he turned around. Yeah. And I'm glad because like I said, I think it was last episode, uh, last podcast episode that I said that I was really upset that basically they had him come in, be heroic, and then they ignored him basically for the rest of the character's existence. And I'm glad that they did bring bring him back, you know, to just maybe but, to fix that. But bringing him back was a little bittersweet. Sweet, because it's yeah. nice to see him. Right. He's a good guy. I like him. He's friendly. I, he's there's a lot of characters on this show who you just would love to just hang out with, you know, sit on a porch, maybe grill some steaks or something like that. And he's one of them. And to see mm -hmm. him back is great, except it's not really him. Trip, Ward, they're ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. as that's the that's the problem with this whole uh what are they calling it? The pod? The framework? 
framework. Oh, oh. There's a problem with this whole framework thing because it's – I almost called it the Matrix and I knew that wasn't right. My brain just couldn't get <laughs> and, out of second gear. And yet everyone would have known exactly what you're talking about. Right, yeah. right. Uh, that's a problem with this whole framework thing is because what is it what is it leading to other than to kill all of our characters? Or not kill them. Or not kill yeah. them, or but it but it's not going to ch- like change the universe or change the show even, because at the end of the day we're at now we're minus Mace, but we're still at you know nothing's changed, nothing's changed. Well, well no, um, Mace is dead. Uh, that's a pretty big change. Well, yeah. that's a pretty big change. That's a huge change, but, man. It's it's Mace. It, mm. He's talking about all the characters that are ones and zeros, and I actually have a rebuttal for that. Okay. Um, and going back to playing video games, sometimes in the video game, you do want to somehow save the NPC or bring them around to your side. Um, because if you don't do that, there could be consequences where um, your the opponent's NPC somehow convinces or brainwashes or hypnotizes or casts a spell onto the NPC you want to save and turns that one against you. So it does behoove you to even save the um, the non-conflicting NPCs sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, especially when that's the goal of the game. And that's what Mace is fe- is facing right there. It's like, for him, the this is the goal. Like, these are real people. These are real feelings I'm having. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to rescue these people. Because it's real. And... Simmons is looking at it as this is not something to risk yourself over. And she doesn't want Mac to go on the mission. Why? Because if Ward dies, he's ones and zeros. But if Mac dies, he's dead. Right. Well, there's another reason why she doesn't want him to go out, too. There is. Yeah. But that and reason I'm glad is, she... is ones and zeros. <laughs> like... Yeah, but on another level, too. Um, If... You don't what mind do you me going ahead. Yeah, what do, you, um, what do you mean? In the framework, it's the only place where Mac has the chance to spend time with Hope. It's the only chance he has, really. And he'll remember that. And he will remember that. And so she's giving him that time with his daughter that he would not have had in the real world. But my rebuttal to your rebuttal <laughs> would be, I mean, and this is, this is me. This, this is a more of a personal, uh, personal opinion about how I would react. It's coming out of the framework. I wouldn't, I'd be mad in some ways because it's like waking up from a dream where really good things were happening. Right. But mm-hmm. when I wake up from a dream where really good things are happening or really bad things are happening, I always just say, well, it was just a dream, you know, and I, I, I don't know for m- me coming out and, and be and being, oh, my daughter is gone again. Right. I, I would first feel the loss again. And then the second thing would be, but it wasn't really her and it never was really her. Mm. And it, so that's, that's it, me. <laughs> Mac is a realist. He's the, he's the guy who always comes back to what is real and what isn't. He, you know, when we had Ada, the first Ada, that he was like, she's not human. Kill her. 
And so he did. <laughs> you know, he's the <laughs> yeah. he's the realist. He's the guy who always comes back to what is true about this situation and what isn't. And so I feel like once he remembers what's actually happening, the whole hope thing is done. It's going to be sad. He's going to, you know, hate to lose her, but he's going to walk away from her at one point, at some point, because he's going to remember that this, this, they are in the matrix and they are just, you know, copper tops. Yeah. My, my prediction, my prediction for when Mac realizes what's going on is it's going to be a heavy blow to him. And I think a heavy blow to us as viewers to, yeah. to see that happen. Definitely. Yeah, but still, I, I think Gemma was giving him that opportunity. Whether or not it's real, she was still giving him that opportunity because she saw it there. I think you're right. I do. I I agree with that. I think he might even be mad at her for doing that, though. He would, and I'm sure he will be. But at the same time, you know, she she's... A heart of the show. She can't bear to take him away mm-hmm. from his daughter, even if it is fake. Yeah. Well, and but I think you're right. It's it's she's giving him a couple more moments of happiness. Right. And even though it's fake, it's happiness that's based on something that's fake. The, the happiness he's feeling is not a fake feeling, but it's because of something that is not real. And I think yeah, she's she was wanting to give him a few more moments like that, but. Also wanted to make sure he didn't, you know, get killed and die. Right. 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 Which could happen. And, and I mean, one of the reasons they were able to kill off Mace is uh, because of the character, you know, where he came from, some of the things he went through, but he's a new character for this season and to kill him off. We've been with him for a little while, but it's not like killing off Simmons. You know, right. Or something like that. If, and uh, it also then raises the stakes for characters we care about more. Right. If later on in this season, I, I feel like later on in the season, everyone's going to have their moment to either live or die. I mean, the, if I'm not saying it is, but if it is the last season, one of the ways they could do is go out in a blaze of glory. That would finish the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, or in this case, get unplugged. It, <laughs> yeah. They they could conceivably kill everybody. It would suck, and I don't think it would do very well, but that's an option to them. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, like I, I don't think anyone would be satisfied with that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either, but <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a way to end the show. Let me just put it that way. It, good or bad, it's, it's definitely an end. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a good end. I, I do think we're going to have at some point in this show, in the rest of the season, every one of our main characters is going to be on Death Watch. Can you imagine yeah. that ending? Can you imagine that ending? They all die in the framework, but they take down Ada. And then we cut to the submarine and and Samuel Jackson walks in. And is like, what happened here? Yeah, that would be <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> He's just what the there's there's Coulson dead. What the bleep? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's already happened once. Not again. Yeah. Right. Oh. Use your Capital One card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
Not the so, ending yes. I want, though. <laughs> no, not the ending I want. No. I mean, I, I, to me, this show has always been like the most heroic of common men, right? So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, we have Iron Man flying around in his iron suit and Captain America holding his shield, and they're heroic, but they're also superheroes. These are like the common guys just being, you know, mighty, right? Right. If they end it with everybody dying, that is the worst possible ending I can think of. It is not the worst possible ending for me, though, if they all die for with for a purpose. You know, right. But what's if, that purpose to take down Ada? That doesn't she's not. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is she's not trying to threaten the world. She's not trying to collect five stones that put on a gauntlet that change reality. <laughs> she's not doing anything to anyone other than our main characters, other than our characters. Even it's a very insular thing as right? of right now. Yes. Right. And that's where I'm getting to. I need from her. I need to be like, I'm going to take over the world. Mwah-ah-ah. There's no more. <laughs> She's just no, kind of a dictator. It's just Ada being selfish, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and she does have her own explanation of, oh, I'm just running this. This uh, I'm just trying to create this perfect world for everybody. And I just change one thing. And, and whatever happens in the end is is just the result of that change. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> well, but she's she's saying also then what's in it for you. Sky puts her on the spot, says what's in it for you. And Ada's answer is a choice. I just, you know, she wants to get what everyone else gets. And yeah, that's true. At first, I thought she was saying when she said she, she gets every, what everyone else gets, she gets that perfect life like everyone else. But then she adds on the, the, just those two words, a choice. And I don't quite understand her end game here. What does she yes. mean? A choice. Does she mean a choice as in she actually has freedom and does not live in essentially slavery to Radcliffe? Or does it mean there's something specific that she wanted to be able to choose? Or is it something of both? I, I don't know, but it was, it was interesting, but to me it wasn't enlightening because I couldn't figure out what it meant. <laughs> well, it's one of those it's one of those things that the show does very well, which is drop a clue in episode one that will resolve in episode four. Because <laughs> right. I was gonna say two, but then that's really too fast for this show, especially this season. So I I don't know. I hope that there is an end game. I feel excited especially when trip showed up i was standing up and cheering yay but then i don't feel like i i don't feel the tense you know i'm not feeling tense i am and i did for certain in this episode with uh with mace i mean there was that tension in that moment this episode gave me tension because again i was kind of going back and forth between will they won't they and you know Mace's death did have a purpose, though, because it, among other things, is but his death was kind of what pushed May over the edge, not to know what, you know, is true, but to become on the side of angels, basically. Mm-hmm. And so we get our tag scene where she's doing that. Um, but I think, you know, the 
I can't remember which listener it was that sent us the feedback last week about the army of, of LMDs that she could be creating. I, I could see that being a, a thing. I mean, if she was doing that, that is a great, great menacing thing to do. But you're right. As of right now, Stuart, there is no indication mm. of, of what her end game is other than personal stakes for our main characters that they could die if they don't get out of there. I think that's enough though for me, but it's not enough to end a series on. (laughs) No, we survive. The matrix is not as triumphant or as tragic if they didn't survive, uh, as we survive the matrix in time to stop Ada from doing something really terrible to lots of people. Right. So like I, what, what I want is, and we got it kind of when, when she disconnected mace, a cut back to the real world, quote unquote, um, where things stopped becoming nice and started becoming real. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was clunky, but it was there. I, I'm you, proud of you, it. You did it. Um, you you made it work. And did, did made it work. Um, didn't diminish it at all by talking about it. By the way, <laughs> no, not at uh, all. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? But what? I want to cut back to her being in the real world twirling her mustache twirling her her evil scheme because she's she's not there's there's no she's she's just on a sub having them play in the matrix yeah and there's there's bad stakes at at hand you know if you die if you die in the framework you die in real life and and they're going through emotional personal things but she's not making an army of LMDs and she's not, you know, collecting stones and, and she's not doing anything. <laughs> There's no three pieces of the weather dominator that she has to collect. There's no three pieces <laughs> of the weather dominator and Nader with yeah. the self-destruct button on it. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's look at the plot here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We open with uh, Coulson and Mace uh, staging an accident to rescue Sky and someone else that if Ward knew, uh, or what Ward does know, I guess, that the Mace needs to rescue someone else. We don't know who that someone else is. We'll find that out. Um, and they discuss Simmons, and they want to know what else she's hiding, or at least Mace does. And then a bus comes, and the bus stops because of the accident. And the bus is full of body bags. And that's where we go to our title sequence. Um, I want to throw in right here that the car that was on its side uh, in the next commercial break, not this commercial, not this first commercial break, but the second commercial break uh, in the preview for the upcoming uh, evening news, there was an accident with a silver car on its side. It was really, really weird. Oh, wow. Ben, are, are you living in the, are you living in the framework? Sometimes I wonder. Do you have your um, officially sanctioned Hail Hydra ID? Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> okay, good. Phew, good. But that's cause... not because I'm in the framework. I mean, come oh. on. It's because he's that big of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do have my, my shield lanyard hanging over here. Oh, that's right. That's because I'm a big nerd. Um, <laughs> you know, it's but... funny. I have one, too. <laughs> But I made mine oh. <laughs> for a Halloween costume. Oh, that's even better than mine then, because I I got one of those blind boxes 
uh, I can't remember what it was, but one of those uh, where you get the box with lots of stuff in it, but you don't know what it's going to be. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so your yours is probably a little bit more official than mine. Yeah, it has like this uh, yeah. barcode thing on it. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah. So, anyway, that's our that's our opening scene, and I don't know. There, it, it's Mace and Coulson hanging out, talking, and, and a bus. And a, there's a bus. It's true. There's literally a bus. <laughs> yes. Yep. It was nice to see Mace be the patriot in this episode throughout. And in the past episode too, it was nice to see Mace be the Patriot and be the, the, the hero from the Bronx. He reminded me of, of Mr. You know, Captain Rogers. He reminded Mm -hmm. me of Captain America. He he, he evoked all the right things in that. And so that was kind of cool. Yeah. And the hero he wanted to be. Bingo. That's it, Samantha. For me, I think that's what made it more of an emotional thing is to see him be who it was he wanted to be in the real world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yeah. I believe he, in the framework, he actually is an inhuman. He says something to the effect um, to May later on. Yeah. Are you one of us now? Right. Mm-hmm. So basically he's saying, I am an inhuman. Are you one of us? Yeah. Cause I, yeah. I never caught any impression that he was juicing up. Right. Except no. when he's talking to May, he says, you've been juicing. And so possibly he could be referring to that when he says, are you one of us? But or yeah, or, you know, are you a hero now? Are you one of us? Yeah, not not quite there, though. Maybe. So maybe <laughs> I'd like to think that he he in the framework, he is an inhuman. I, th- I Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. Samantha. Yeah. yeah, I agree, too, because that's what he wanted and he got it and he got to go out as a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, which, he got, he, yeah, he went out with his boots on. He he saved people, and it was yeah. a similar accident. If you you know where the the building is falling or whatever, and it's it's kind of similar to what was happening in that picture, uh, where he saved that person hmm. or was at the right place at the right time, but he actually then did what he didn't actually do before. And it's, it's a well done thing that they did with Mace. I like what they did with the Patriot. I had a feeling he'd be dead before the season was out, but I also didn't Mm. want it to happen. But Mm -mm. if this is the way he goes out, you know, that is a satisfying character arc for me. Yeah. Well, if this show has taught us anything is that no one, no (laughs) one is dead. No one. Yeah. It's just, they worked hard. The show worked hard to get me to like Mace and they won me over and then they killed mm-hmm. him off. And so I'm sad for that, but I am glad that he got his, his real hero moment. I'm so glad that he, he died like that. Well, that's a total Joss move too, right? Get you to yeah. like somebody. Oh, they're dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think Joss is in, is as involved in Agents of Shield as uh, his brother and sister in law are. Well, yeah, but that style of t- storytelling is oh, it's very Joss Whedon. It's yes. a very Joss thing to do. Yeah. All right. So Act One, we have uh, Fitz and Sky, and Fitz the, Fitz's understanding of things right now is that um, people in the other world 
conquered Hydra, and now they want to conquer people in the framework, the real world, according to Fitz. And he's basically interrogating Sky to find out where the Patriot is, and he talks about what, what do you do when the, par- the carrot and the stick don't work. Uh, we keep coming back to that carrot and the stick thing with mm-hmm. with uh, interrogation and that, but uh, then we also find out May really, really wants to take out Mace, and Ada is kind of feeling this out, figuring out, you know, is she the right thing that we want to use right now? Because we have a weapon, there's risks, but May basically is going to volunteer, and it's an augmented strength serum. Uh, then there's we go to our good guys, and Mac wants to help uh, because he hates what's going on here. And so Mace puts him on the bus and says, hey, start with that. Do this. Get this bus ready so we can use it to infiltrate and find out about this new Hydra weapon. And Coulson and Simmons then have a conversation about should we reveal the truth? And Simmons basically comes down on the side of ones and zeros don't have feelings. And (laughs) Coulson, whenever he sees Ward, every time... (laughs) I see him. I get this weird itch like hives. <laughs> Boom. I love that line. <laughs> it is a great, great line. Almost too great, you know, like almost yeah. too cute. <laughs> but see, are you more on the Simmons side? Ones and zeros don't have feelings. Because mm. I am. Like I, I'm looking at the framework and I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in Simmons shoes and thinking to myself, all these unnecessary risks to rescue ones and zeros, you know, and Coulson is kind of there, but he's more pragmatic about the whole thing. Basically don't tell them the truth because they'll never believe you. And, and then you have uh mace who it's, it's real. And I'm going to put my life on the line because it feels real. Therefore, it is real. Well, I mean, I think when you start asking those questions, you start getting into very, very deep questions about what is reality. And and they even hinted on it in this episode. You know, are we are we really where we are or are we in just some some someone's you know, toy, are we on someone's holodeck? Um, and so uh, for me, I get excited when there's exciting things and I get, uh, tense when there's tense, you know, tense things like the mace building. Um, but there's always this little thing in the back of my head that says, what, what does this mean? What does this matter? This doesn't matter to anyone except the people in the, in the, in the, um, framework. And so uh, that's where I fall is, is that yes, I am on the sides of the ones and zeros and yes, their lives are real, but at the same time, they're not real. (laughs) So I, I, I guess I don't know where I fall. It's like Schrodinger's cat. When it's in the box, it's both dead and alive. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, I actually had something of a similar conversation with somebody recently, um, on another show, there was a death and somebody was 
severely shaken. My friend was severely shaken up because this character died and she liked this character. But at the same time, it's a fake character, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also a lot, uh, very much like the way we approach the MCU. Yes, there are stakes and we do get emotionally tied in. But at the end of the day, that universe really does not exist. Well, and there I is know, it's no, me. It's me here with Mace. Yeah. Right. You know, I right. I find myself with Simmons and understanding her frustration. Ones and zeros don't have feelings. But then with, with Mace, I'm I'm having feelings about it. And <laughs> like I don't want to see this happen. And uh the difference is we understand and know that what we're seeing is not real, but everyone except for Simmons and Daisy believe what they where they are is real. It's Ward who says, how do you know what you believe is true? He says that to Simmons, you know, and, and Mace, he's willing. I mean, he's, he says there might be a grain of truth in her story, but I want you to find out what it is. So what's the grain of truth in her story that's coming out because, you know, a lunatic and it really, it comes back to that, uh, there's a there's a logical uh, equation kind of thing that C.S. Lewis has about uh, Jesus, you know, and he says uh, Jesus is either a liar. He was lying about who he was. He's a lunatic and was crazy and thought he was God or he was telling the truth. And it's the same right. thing here. Simmons is either lying about it, crazy or telling the truth. But even if she's crazy, there could be a grain of truth there. And even if she's lying, there could be a grain of truth there but they don't believe that she's telling the whole truth and that she understands what really is going on. And, and to be fair, she's not because she doesn't understand the why of it. She just understands what's happening, but she doesn't, again, she doesn't have a motivation for Ada. Just like we don't have a motivation for Ada. She doesn't need a motivation for Ada though. She just knows Ada is not good. (laughs) And right. Right. And we're trapped here with this not good robot. Right. But she can't give her Kirk speech to the robot because she doesn't understand what is happening. She just knows that it's bad. Yeah. She can't Kirk the robot to death. (laughs) Can't do it. Yay. Star Trek reference. (laughs) Mark that off the list. Okay. Check. We're done with that. Uh, Let's see. So Fitz, let's talk about Fitz a little bit here then. Um, oh yes. Yeah. I, they're doing some interesting things with Fitz, but the one thing I want to talk about here is kind of his look and the, the impressions that I'm feeling when I look at him and his style of hair and his clothing. Um, he reminds me of Nazi scientists. Oh yeah. I mean, when they, when the kid, when the girl was looking at hope was looking at the book, they had a picture of Dr. Whitehall. And, and at one point in time, I thought she made the connection to Dr. Fitz. She says, Dr. Fitz is in this is in the textbook. Right. And then it shows a picture of Dr. Whitehall. Yeah. I couldn't see what the picture was in the book, but the way he is dressed. He's kind of got this, I don't know, tweedish suit on or whatever. And, um, the shaved sides to his hair. Um, it just, to me is, you know, just that, that Nazi scientist that isn't, you know, he's, he's not wearing the uniform. He's just doing his thing. 
just doing his thing. And, and, and well, that's just the feeling I'm getting from him. I think, and I think we're supposed to. He's definitely got, well, he, he's definitely uptight. He's definitely um, not relaxed, not uh, loose. He's he's constricted, and they play that in the conversation with his dad. They play, you know, he doesn't call him dad. He calls him father. You know, doesn't call his mom mom. He calls him mother. Um, so he is very uh, bolted down. He's not. He he's not allowed to be creative um, unless it's under very strict circumstances and so uh controlled by it and so that's where he is if once he starts letting loose a little bit i think we're gonna see different fits but that's not gonna happen until there's a reason this fits is a bad guy though this fits yeah. is bad he's a really bad guy he is not a good guy no. though i have a rebuttal to your nazi scientist look though okay I think that his look for this pod uh, is based on, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but the singer Jadena. And we've seen, if you've already seen Luke Cage, this isn't too much of a spoiler. If you've already seen Luke Cage, there's an episode five opens up with this singer who sings the song Long Live the Chief. And it's really good. It's got a really great beat. And he has this very crisp sort of 1930s jazz style. Mm-hmm. And that style was also kind of picked up by gangsters. And so um, Fitz this season sort of has a very gangster sort of personality. Or, you know, bad guy controlling kind of personality. And it does work well. It works well for both Fitz and Jadena. Well, and mm. okay, but your rebuttal <laughs> no. isn't truly a rebuttal because what's what we're getting here is both of these kind of styles that we're looking at are styles that come out of this retro 30s look uh, building right. into the 40s for the Nazi scientists who are you know just wearing their suits and um, you, you know that kind of thing. Uh, and then going into, I mean, because we're in 2017 with here for us you know, in real life, but also for the show. And they're in 2017. But in the framework, it's a 2017 that is influenced by Hydra being in charge oh, and yeah. Hydra being, the, you know, an, outs- an out- outspringing from from Nazi party somewhat and so i i don't think i don't think either of us are wrong Um, yeah i think if i'm right then it's an incidental similarity to the guy you're talking about whatever his name is yeah uh yeah i think i'm probably mispronouncing his name and i am so sorry to all the fans out there (laughs) and if you're right (laughs) then that means you know his style is kind of reminiscent of that kind of thirties ish look that right. then. Yeah. So I, I think if we're right or wrong, we're both right. Yeah. And wrong. Cause it's it, <laughs> like I said, like, like you said, it's coming out from the same era. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But yeah. It's a very slick, good look. I'm both gentlemen, by the way. If you say so. Yes, <laughs> I do. And she, does. yes. 
I just, I don't like fits and it's in all the right ways. Right. Right. You're not, we're, we're supposed to mourn fits. We're supposed to be looking at fits and going, why are you acting like this? This is not you. But we find out some of why in the next act. Uh, Maybe in act three, but in act two Simmons, we cut to the commercial break and Colson just got done saying, don't do this. We come back from commercial and Simmons has told Mace and Ward everything. Everything. Oh, oh, do we, do we skip over the last scene in, in act one? Did I miss something? May meets with the Hydra R and D guy. It's very important scene. Yeah, yeah. the 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 weapon is the augmented strength serum. I, I talked about that a little bit, but right. Okay. Did you also talk about the Terrigen crystals? No, but yes. Check off Terrigen crystals. Yes. Yes. So the Terrigen crystals, Hydra has them, and they know what they do. But they aren't using them right. for the serum. They're just there. Yeah. Right. Because that'd be bad. Right. Terrigen crystals are everything they're against. Right. Yeah. Okay. But they are there. Check. And it's important. Yes, it is important. <laughs> so Simmons has told Ward and Colson, not Colson, Ward and Mace, everything. And they don't believe her. Surprise, surprise. And Mace, oh, it was close. It was close. Mace says, hey, tell me about me. She's got nothing. Yeah. He's from Brooklyn. He's... You know, doesn't have any kids. He he starts telling all these things, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's sort of his own fault because him being a very political person, he played everything close to the chest, so he didn't go into his personal backstory very often. No, and he couldn't have because he was yeah. keeping a lot of things secret. And once you start letting people in, that's you become vulnerable. And you might right. let them know something they shouldn't know. Or- and I'm not going to blame him for it at all. That's just who he is, you know? And not only that, did they want to know? Was was sure. anyone trying to find out information about him? That's true. You know, I, I think it's a, it's it's both. It's both and. Yeah. Yeah. And he also was very off-putting at times. So mm-hmm. he also kind of built that stay away from me sort of. Don't well, ask any questions or about him. He's the boss. Right. And and he doesn't he doesn't need to try to make friends with anybody because he's the boss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not good leadership necessarily. Although there's some schools of thought that I guess maybe that is good leadership style, but um you don't want to be completely well, cut off from everybody else. No. And I wasn't suggest, I mean, I'm not trying to get into a leadership podcast. We can have Daniel back on the show for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I, all I was saying was that from his point of view, he's not trying to get close to anybody because he wants to keep that separation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Simmons can't stand being around Ward. Jeez. I have a hard time watching him on screen too without going, but but your ward, you dropped them out of a plane. Left them for drowning. 
But yeah. see, this is her going back on herself. She said they're just ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. But she can't right. separate the real ward from this ones and zeros version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing, though. Um, ben, you've talked about that girlfriend. Well, I think it was over in the Daredevil. Yeah, we, uh, we talked a little bit about that, yeah. Yeah, about your ex-girlfriend, the one that was driving you crazy in college. Mm-hmm. Actually, you talked about two of them. If you saw a picture of either one of them now, you know, a long time has passed. Things have changed. People grow. If you saw either one of a picture of either one of them now, would you kind of still feel that urge of, oh, I don't like that person? Well, no. Well, yeah, I, I would. There would definitely be emotions that would come back. Yes. Right. But it would also be mixed in with, oh, this person has changed, too. So I can imagine that conflict going on in her because she also knows that this is a different version of Ward. So I imagine that she's feeling that something similar to that as well. I think she's just waiting for him to like turn out to be a bad guy again. Because you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the question for me is how does Ada know what's what? You know, how does Ada know or or not know? I mean, Ward is not who he is supposed to be. He's not who he was in the real world. And so where where does this, this information come from? All of these people that populate this does, world. So does Ada know? Is Ada the omniscient, all-powerful Oz behind the curtain? Or did she just create an algorithm, take change one variable, and see how the rest played out? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's part of what she says happened. But again, she has created a world. <laughs> right. Uh, so okay. So when you um. Again, I've got my nerd glasses on, and it's okay. So when you when you create a world for a, a role, tabletop role playing game, there's a couple of schools of thought. The first one is you know every detail about everything, everywhere you've written it all out. And if that's the case, why not just write a novel? The second one is you know sort of big big machinations, but the rest you sort of make up on the fly. So I'm kind of wondering how Ada knows or or is reacting to all of this. Does she know that Mace is there? And if she and if he is, does she know that that he is acting like this? And does she know that he's a, a, a an inhuman? Does she know that sooner or later they're going to? I mean, how far into the future does she know? I, I don't know. I mean, these are all the questions that right. f- you're, you're bringing up the questions that could be plot. The viewers should. Yeah. Well, but they I aren't feel yet, like the but sh- they could be. I feel like the, the, the show is tight enough to where those types of questions, I mean, and if that's a plot hole, that's a big major plot hole, right? I feel like the writers are better than that and they would have some sort of answer to that. Hmm. I well, gotta could, think that. Well, I think in the f- framework, uh, I think she even said it in this episode that all she did was she. It's mm-hmm. basically a copy of of the real or the reality as they believe it to be in the MCU. 
she took that and just simply made a few changes, just small little changes. That one and even regret. Radcliffe, yeah, just one regret. Which also, um, um, I think it was Sky who said something about, you know, sometimes those regrets, they're not, I mean, there's little changes. Sometimes they're not in the best interest of the people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I wholly believe, because I can tell you there are some things that if bad, if I didn't have certain regrets happen, I would not be on this podcast at all. Well, and, and beyond that, even though, there are things that we want that we should not have. Right. Because just because we want it and think it would be something good for us does not mean that it actually would be good for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Which we're seeing clearly play out here with, with some of the things that, uh, you know, Colson wanted or I see, I don't know. I don't buy that. It was really a regret for him that he entered shield. It's just the closest thing. Yeah. It's the closest thing to a regret. This, his, his LMD said, sometimes I wonder it, what would it be mm. like if I never joined shield and his LMD being based on him on himself. I, I do believe yeah. that his LMD was reflecting a, an actual thing that Colson would have said, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, so sky says, yes, we shouldn't necessarily have everything we want. And some of the things we want aren't going to be good for us. And then you have Radcliffe saying um, one moment in time, one phrase, one sentence can change your life. And it's true. You know, uh, one phone call can change your life. Mm-hmm. You, you know, picking up the phone and it's someone saying there's an emergency that's happened, you know, or something like that. Or a knock on the door and it's it's um, someone bringing a, a bad message or a letter in the mail. I mean, one moment in time can change the whole trajectory of your life. Um, yes. And so, sometimes for tragic uh, ways and, and sometimes in, in positive ways, but it can change everything. Well, I guess my question is, has she... Has Ada made changes to everybody's timeline or just the the rescuing of the girl from Bahrain? Everybody's one everybody's little time- thing from everybody's timeline, yeah. except for, well, Gemma died, but in in the framework. But what we have now is the Gemma from the real world. And yeah, I think that the changes were everyone who went into the framework with Ada. Right. And so Gemma, her thing wasn't even a factor because she was a ones and zeros construct until she entered her body. And the same with Sky, Daisy. She was just a construct that was playing out this algorithm with ward. And so when she enters the game, basically she's in the middle of a scene that two unreal people were playing out because that was the programming, you know, that was like the room in the Sims where things are just happening Mm -hmm. over there that you don't even know what's happening. But later on you can come back and see, Oh, they've actually, 
you know, created a house or something. And, um, <laughs> and now they're walking into walls. Yeah. Good job, Sims. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so that's what's interesting to me is just the scope of the framework. And then the motivation for why Ada is doing it. And then why create the framework where you actually put Mace in the place where he's going against you? And see this, this leads me to think that her, her evil plan has a self-destruct button. And that is this illusion of choice where, yeah, she's giving everybody the choice to, to play, you know, to deal, to work out their, you know, one regret or whatever it is. But at the same time, she's, given mace the ability to you know be a, a a superhero yeah well and by giving him that ability he then does this heroic thing at the same time that may is there and has just experienced this horrific thing with the children being in the building they fired on the building with children in the building may didn't know children were in the building Fitz and ada did now they're ones and zeros okay may doesn't right. know that Fitz doesn't know that Ada knows that, but it doesn't matter. And so now May has made her choice because of what Mace did. And you're right. You're, you're exactly right. This is the Dr. Doofenshmirtz self-destruct button. And it was Mace and not just Mace, but Ward. I mean, like all these people who are in on the resistance, but Mace yeah. mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is plutonium. I mean, you. So at the end of the day, they're creating a TV show, right? And it's fun to see Mace be the Patriot, and it's fun mm-hmm. to have Trip back, and it's fun to see Ward back. So, how much of that is TV show writing, and how much of that is going to be connected into an actual story where there's actual reasons? Um, I hope they come up with good reasoning behind it because think of it this way. There's no reason Ada should know that Ward isn't a Hydra agent. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It's she, not like she read. It's not like she, when she got the dark hold, she jacked into the Wi-Fi and was like, well, you know, Ward was a really good guy back in season one <laughs> before, before winter soldier. She wouldn't know that. So, I really want there to be this connection that makes it all make sense. And I, and I don't get me wrong. I feel like we're headed there, but I, that's what I'm missing from this. Otherwise I think it's fantastic. I'm wondering if at some point Ada was planning to bring sky in anyways. And this was the story that she had brought in was that, hmm. um, maybe Ward, was not a bad guy but he well he, he's you know still being a rebel uh, in his own way but uh, instead of you know just wanting to hurt people and being a Hydra agent secretly being a Hydra agent he's secret secretly not you know working against Hydra I yeah I don't know now in this conversation that Ada and Daisy have Ada knows Daisy's regret and that right. she wants to give, she says, yeah, I can give you Lincoln Campbell back. And yeah, I mean, that's, 
it's right there. And so I, I don't know if she was expecting Sky to come in, but I could see that, you know, okay, well, if Sky does come, here we go. I've got this place for her and and it's with Ward. And yeah. it's just kind of a preemptive uh creation. Could be. But Why? still Gemma's dead. And I think she, I think <laughs> Ada want, still wanted it that way because she wanted fits for herself. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So why is Lincoln uh, Sky's regret? Because she really, really loved him, and he's gone. That's that's okay. the only thing. I mean, I. It's not that he's gone because she did something terrible and awful, but yeah, but she she carried some of that blame. She she didn't kill him or anything like that, did she? No, I don't think no. so. No, okay. no, she didn't. So she's just sad he's gone. I mean, I guess I don't understand the word regret then in this context because I always thought regret was I did a thing. Yeah. It's wrong. I mean, it was the wrong thing and I regret doing the thing or I did a thing and it was the regret. It was the right thing to do, but I regret the outcome. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Definitely regret to me does have a uh, connotation of I am. Um, part of the reason that this thing happened mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wish that it had not happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, maybe it's not, re- well, maybe it's not regret, but just simply greatest wish. Yes. I mean that there's a, definitely an element of that, uh, especially for, well, for Mac, I mean, he, losing his daughter, I don't think he lost his daughter because of anything he did. I can't right. remember now. No, it's, she, she, they didn't go into details, but she died four days after she was born. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's anything he did. But wouldn't it be fantastic if it was? I'm not trying to rewrite the show. I'm just take asking a question that takes it to another level. So if he, if he is responsible somehow for Hope's death and he's able to live out that fantasy, live out that not happening in the framework, the choice he is then going to have to face or make between going back to the real world and staying in the framework is so much greater. So much has so much more gravitas than he just now gets to spend time with his kid. But then there is the, um, what's the character's name? I can't remember from the matrix. Who's like, (laughs) I will betray everyone as long as you just let me stay here, because this is so much better oh. than the real world. Joey yeah. Pantoliano's yeah, character. Joe Pants. Joey yeah. Pants. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Long let's brunette. let's let's get through this plot here. Um, yes. <laughs> it basically comes down to they're going to take the bus and they're going to go into the Hydra Enlightenment Cultivation Center. And when they get there, Colson is driving. He's under a code name of <laughs> Jamie Flugelman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so their plan is to go in, get Daisy and get their plant and the plant is trip. And so we find out trip is live in the, in the framework. Yay. 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 And he references the howling commandos and the spy camera and the spy camera comes is it's uh check off spy camera. Cause they talk about the, the old technology in this camera and there was no film in it. Um, there's another man's boots. <laughs> Yeah. And so while that's going on, Fitz is talking with his dad and we find out from Radcliffe 
I think it was from right. Yeah. It's Radcliffe. We find out that the, uh, the thing that changes fits to be who he is right now is that basically it's his dad. <laughs> and so he's, yeah. he's bad because of his dad. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Coulson and Mace and the team, they go in, but Coulson sees a kid, the kid, Chris, that they took away. And so he goes to rescue Chris. Agent Burroughs is the extra expendable agent that I thought was going to get killed. But instead, he's the guy who's just going to get the film out of there while Coulson and Mace and um, uh, and Trip go to, to help the kids get out of this cultivation center. And then that's when they use a Quinjet to fire on the building. Things come down. I skipped over the fight, but we'll talk about the May and, and uh, Mace fight. But the building's coming down. Mace rescues a kid by holding up a piece of the building. And he rescues everyone then, too, because the whole building's going to come down as soon as he lets it go. And so, yeah, May, she sees this, this heroic sacrifice and realizes he's not such a bad guy. But he is a dead guy. <laughs> and um, so May then... She comes into the prison, sees, you know, this is our tag scene, goes into Sky and says, here's some Terrigen. You're an inhuman, right? And Daisy says, yep. And we see Daisy in the cocoon. That's our final thing. But that's basically the plot. And yeah. So now let's talk about Fitz and his dad. Does that bother anyone that that's what made him evil? Is it his dad? Uh, <laughs> I called his father Fitz Vader. <laughs> sure. Sure. Now that's 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 Rogue One Vader, right? That's not episode. That's not. A, 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 they're of the, the same seven. guy. They are the same guy. Don't you dare talk bad just because Rogue One did what it did. Just because Rogue One Vader did what he did, and then New Hope Vader fought Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi and never let either one of his feet leave the ground while they were fighting. <laughs> But but Rogue One Vader moves differently. That's not what I was. It, that was pointed out to me recently that they they hold themselves differently and they move differently and and I, it's a long story. I won't go That's into it. That's not what I was going after. I was I was saying is this is this the redeemed Vader or is this the mean Vader? Oh yes yes. Hmm. Yeah. He's mean so, Vader. He's mean Vader. Okay. Glad so we're, we got... we're we're talking about New Hope Vader versus. Uh, um, uh, Return, of Jedi. Return of Jedi. Return of Jedi. Yes. Yeah. Which, okay, let's let's not do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's my name for him is Fitz Vader because I thought that was fitting, and Vader means father, I think, in Dutch. German. German. Well, not no, it's not German, but it's, well, I think it's Dutch. Fitz's Anyways. father is not a great dad, as we find out in their conversation, where he's basically he says. I made you a better man. I made you a great man. This is a hard world. You're doing hard things. And Fitz is second guessing himself a little bit. What if I didn't need to kill that woman? I had to kill her, but what if I didn't have to? But I did anyway. So I took that to mean that was Gemma. He was talking about killing Gemma. I think he's talking about um, Agnes, the person he I did he's, kill. He's, I think he's talking about Agnes. 
Okay, I thought he killed Gemma, and that's why. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I somewhere along the way, I, I got oh. it, Gemma, in my head, but I could be wrong. So, well, I, at we'll first, I thought that. they were talking about Gemma because they're talking about a woman. It's always a woman. Are you cheating on, <laughs> on Madame Hydra? Um, right. And Which, it, let's not cheat on Madame Hydra. That is not Just, a good idea. No, bad idea. Man, now, if being in a relationship there, with her in the first place is also not a good idea. <laughs> but yes. definitely don't cheat on her. No. Like, if you're going to do that, commit. I mean, if you really like commit. her, then you need to just do things Put well. a ring on it. Yeah, yeah put a ring on it. <laughs> put a ring on it. Put a ring on it and live in fear for the rest of your existence. Yes. But point being, the woman that he's talking about is... I thought he was talking about Simmons at first, but then he's like, no, no, it's not like that, dad. It's a woman that I, she's someone I had to kill. And then he says, what if I didn't need to kill her? And I don't think Fitz was involved with Simmons death in the first place in the framework. He's involved now in needing to kill her, but I don't think if, if, if I'm right. And he was talking about, uh, killing Gemma. Can I have a no prize? I don't know. There's rules about this kind of thing. Oh, I don't know. Not since we're hosts, so no. <laughs> okay. It seems like I have done it before. Actually, I think I've done <laughs> it for you before. I, you guys gave me half half of a no prize like a couple seasons back because I wrote in about something and I was half right about it. Ah, but you weren't a you weren't a, a host then. Not then, yeah. no. But I still have it, and I still don't display it in my case. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. So this is what causes Fitz, I think, to be who he is, is that his dad is around and his dad is, mm-hmm. you know, pushing him to be this, this hard, hardened man. I didn't get the impression that his dad, though, was sitting in the corner twiddling, twiddling, twirling his mustache. No, no, he's not. Right. I got the impression that his dad was just trying to make him a better man. They just happen to live in a world where a better man equates to working for Hydra. Yeah. And doing well and, and doing well at being bad. Yeah. This guy though, I think is more about survival of the fittest. Right. And less about, I'm going to twirl my mustache and become the most powerful evil person. I don't think he's doing that, but he wants his son. He wants what's best for his son. And what's best for his son is, to rise. You know? Basically, he wants his son to have a government job. You get pension, <laughs> you get health care, you get, you know, retirement. And and that's good. That's what I want for my kids. I don't want them to work for Hydra. No. Let this be known. If my kids come home, be like, Dad, I got this job offer from the octopus. I'm be like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, there's something else that we have not talked about in the past two episodes, and it needs to be talked about. Okay. Fitz has a title. The Doctor. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. That's his yeah. superhero name. Yeah. I mean, the Doctor. Basically. Like, Doctor Who, The Doctor. No, it's Doctor What? <laughs> but or... it's still, I mean, it's, it's like, it's still showing Fitz's nerdiness that he wants to be called the doctor. <laughs> yeah. But I think it also, again, it goes back to meet the Nazis. You know, I'm thinking yeah. of like Dr. Mengele 
and that, and that kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. that's who I think of when I hear them call him the doctor in such hushed mm-hmm. tones. It's because he is not a doctor. I mean, he is, but he's the opposite of what a you know a medical doctor. The, the, yeah. Well, recent in hypocr- recent seasons of Doctor Who, they have explored that. Yeah. Now I haven't watched the Capaldi Doctor Who. Uh, well, I'm, I'm also all, thinking but... of uh, the Matt Smith Matt Smith era too. Well, yeah, they've been exploring that since the re- the since the relaunch, right? Uh, let's not forget that Germany was the first country that the Nazis took over, invaded. Right. That's a quote from the best MCU movie, the best one. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> We're just gonna let that drop there. First Avenger. <laughs> it's it's a great movie. Yep. We'll not we'll not argue that it's not great. It is. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the best is your opinion. So there you can have it. Yeah, there you go. Um where was I going? Oh, so but yeah, I do I am reminded of Dr. Mangala and Dr. You know, uh, Red Skull and all of those guys who were trying to I just made a real life person and a, and a fake person mm-hmm. in the same sentence, but whatever they all tried to, you know, better society. And that's what I think Fitz is honestly thinking that he's trying to better society. That's what makes great villains, right? Is people who aren't sitting in the background, twirling the mustache, but actually going, I want to create something that is better. And, and for whatever reason, he thinks that inhumans are, are the bad part of that. Um, so yeah, I think Fitz is an interesting character, and I'm ex- I'm interested to see where he goes, where they take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be the last stronghold. They're going to have all of the cavalry together going up against Fitz and Ada. Do you remember when Fitz was like losing his faculties? Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah, and, and that never that's really... one thing that keeps. Yeah, and it's like he had this one problem for one season, and that was it. But anyone who has ever had any sort of serious brain injury issue would tell you it lasts for the rest of your life. You can have regained some ability, but you don't always gain it all back completely, like he has. No, he had sh- he had uh, super secret shield tech, so it works out. No, it's no. Uh, uh-uh, I don't accept that. It's just. <laughs> You they can just accept to write that out. <laughs> you can accept a guy who turns green and a huge <laughs> and gains body mass out of nowhere, but you can't accept and that. still keeps the same pants on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you can't. Yeah. But you, this is where you draw the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> I uh, when I was in high school, I had some uh, um, chronic pain issues, and a doctor gave me something, and my brain has not functioned the same way since. I, if I trip over a word or I can't remember a word, it's because a doctor gave me something that was not working for me at all, and as a matter of fact, even made me worse in a different way. So, yeah, I, it's just so basically, he caused brain damage to me. And I've not been happy with it since then, since then for very good reason. Um, actually, if you ever sit with me physically as I'm podcasting, I have to write down words every time so I don't forget things like uh, the framework. I can never remember what the framework's called unless I write it down first. So that word's always sitting right in front of me whenever I podcast. 
Because I always I confuse just, it with the dark hold, or I call it the frame hold, or or something, or the dark work, or yeah. And Stuart just wants to call it the Matrix, right? Yeah, <laughs> or the holodeck. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so moving on then to Mace and May. Uh, this is some good stuff and good yeah. conflict, good tension with the conflict. The fight is a good fight that they have. And then it has a resolution that actually is character change mm-hmm. where yes. it's, I, I like where it goes um, to talk a little bit about a matrix series. We're not really talking about yet. I will say I'm watching this fight and thinking better than iron fist. That's, but that's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say, but it's a good yeah. fight. Okay. It's a good I, fight. Mm-hmm. So, What's interesting to me about this, and I just thought of it, was he's not juicing at this point, but she is. And in the real world, she doesn't juice, but he does. Now, granted, they didn't fight in the real world, but still, they did spar at one point, right? So that, you know, kind of flips it on its flips it on its head and makes it a little different. That's good. The... Juice wears off for May. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that she loses, really, <laughs> is that the juice is worn off. But Which, why would she take it right before? So she fits shot her with it. Then she got on a plane, and then she flew to where they were. And he said it only is going to last you an hour. Why not get on a plane, land, then shoot yourself with it? Controlled environment. <laughs> I guess controlled environment. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> That's a plot hole. They should have fixed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, they could have, they, they adjust that timeline. Then they can just adjust when the fight happened. It, it would have worked either way, but yeah, that's true. So, Cause the, the, the point of that is she needs to come down in order to see, um, Mace be a hero. She needed to be there. Mace, I was afraid, honestly, I was afraid he was going to die in the fight with her. Uh, she was going to kill him? That she was going to kill him, yes. Mm. And that's where I started getting afraid that we were going to lose Mace in this episode. And then he wins, and I'm like, oh, well, it's if we lose Mace, it's going to be sometime on another episode. <laughs> but then... Oh. <laughs> but then he runs then the into building. the building came down. <laughs> yeah yeah so i think we need to wrap up our conversation here about the episode so is there anything we missed um i think the one thing i wanted to make sure we talked about was just how thin those walls were for <laughs> the prison uh daisy yeah. and fitz are having their conversation and they're not yelling i mean they're just talking normal tones and all of a sudden radcliffe yells that's not what I was doing or whatever. And and then Daisy <laughs> and Radcliffe have this conversation at the wall where they're basically whispering. And how are they not being monitored? I mean, Radcliffe is going to just tell her what the back door is. Well, okay. So and it, oh, was can, the, it, was the, it was the equivalent of, hey, I'll tell you where it is. You know, I've had some apartments where the walls were that thin. <laughs> but they weren't the, prison yeah. cells. <laughs> yeah, but what here's hap- 
I think it was done on purpose because uh, I think that that um, Ada wanted to have them communicate so they could spill their secrets. That's, oh, that's a good point. That's really yeah. the only reason for it being that fit. It was well, no, really funny true. to me, though, in that first <laughs> first conversation where Radcliffe like, yells at them, that's not what this was meant for. <laughs> that's, yeah. it, what, what happened was Hydra spent all of their money on logos and not on security systems. Sure. Yes. Sure. I could go with your explanation or probably the more realistic Samantha explanation. <laughs> Fine. I can go either way, though. Man. I can go either way. All right. Whatever. Yeah. So anything uh, yes. we miss for you guys that we want to talk about? Lion paws for hands? <laughs> oh, yeah. That There's a guy. made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but that that's referencing a guy that was in the refrigerator? Was it? Or the sandbox. The sandbox. Oh, okay, you have to remind me. But way I, back I in you. season one or two, there wherever they would store the one eight nines or zero eight nine. Boy, I don't even remember what it was. Zero eight sevens. Zero eight sevens. Uh, there was a guy that they talked about who had paws for hands, and they he's actually a Marvel character. I, I don't remember who it is right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you knew of anything about that. No, it, the the guy's name is a character who in the comics. I believe he's the Sphinx or something like that, where he has wings and a lion's head and claws. Or Mm. This is all very, very hazy right now. So please, listeners, if you're yelling at your iPod right now, yell no more. Just correct me and send it in an email. But you can do as big of a font as you want if you're yelling. But Right. And you can use all capitals, but just send it in feedback. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Level uh, 7. Feedback at welcome to Level7.com. But anyway, I think they're referencing that guy okay but it was just the pause it wasn't anything else it was just he developed pause for hands if i remember correctly <laughs> yes yeah if i remember correctly but i'm just glad to see trip back i'm glad to yeah. see that, that we're gonna have some more of his character it'd be it'd be very interesting to see if bobby and hunter come back and if this becomes the cavalcade of guest stars um i'd love that who aren't real who aren't real but this could be where miss agent carter comes back to fight nazis (laughs) that's what we want because here's the other thing we could get out of this we could get a trip lmd i mean we've talked about the ward lmd we've talked about the army of lmds why not a trip (gasps) lmd i don't know if we'll go there but if we're going there why not go all the way so they're talking about invading our world, right? You know, mm-hmm. at some point in time, um, Fitz has talked about it. Ada has talked about it. Sooner or later, they're going to find this back door and they're going to find the gateway between the worlds. And Trip could go through it. He could. He could. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see what happens. Trip could go through it and go into Mace's body. And then yeah. you have Mace Trip walking around. I don't know that I like that. Well, I don't think it's, it's either, a little gruesome. But anyway. <laughs> and, anyway. If any, and if anybody has seen uh, the most recent Doctor Who episode, I think it's the opener for season 10, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walking around in somebody else's corpse. It's, yeah. Haven't seen oh. it. Won't see it for a couple of years, I'm sure. You, okay. you just spoiled it for Ben. 
Samantha. Oh no. I'm pretty I'm sure I will not remember <laughs> this conversation. Okay. That's good. Because I still have to get through a couple seasons of the character to get to that episode. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's shut this part down and we will talk about our feedback. And you guys are not going to want to miss this feedback. Shield okay. field report. All right. So we have one uh, feedback from a listener. And it's a listener we hear from uh, quite often. It's uh, Agent Dylan. And the subject line is no regrets. Message. <clears throat> Trip lives Woo! in a huge font. Huge font. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you can yell it without having to. So yes, that is our feedback for this episode. (laughs) So I I am not kidding. I stood up and cheered when, (laughs) when trip turned around, I smiled. I smiled big. I was having big, happy time. (laughs) And then I realized it's all ones and zeros. And I got very sad again. All ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time for this episode to be put on the books. And so it's time to say goodbye to all our family. Mm-hmm. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. <laughs> In case you're wondering, I was <laughs> quoting the Mickey Mouse Club. I really probably didn't need to explain that, but I'm doing it. No, anyway. I, I thought it was the Donald Duck Club. Anyway. <laughs> so does Donald. So did Donald. Poor Donald. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, you have any uh, final words of wisdom before we close this episode down? So, I, my, my final word of wisdom is that just send us feedback. We love getting feedback, and we love having other people be part of the conversation. So, feedback at welcomebelow7.com. Send it. You can also leave the voicemail at the number that's in the credits. That'll roll in just a moment here. But I also want to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for taking time to be a part of a, this podcast, whether it's just through listening or through leaving stuff on Facebook, whatever, what have you. Thank you again. Stuart, how about you? Yes. Thank you, guys. It's been awesome to 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 be on the show and then go from a listener to a host. That's great. And also send feedback. We like feedback. Trip lives. Woo. <laughs> Samantha. Oh man. I, 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 you know, this, I, I'm always excited to talk about, uh, agents of shield, but I've had a long day. It's late here. I'm ready to go to bed. I, I, I was running a ton of errands, went to the grocery store, went to the beauty salon. You know, I asked for a mini petty, but I got tortured instead. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177 level 7 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is Light Fantastic by JS Earls. You can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. So, hey guys, yeah? should I yeah. watch Legion? Yes. Yes. But not around your children. Yeah. Okay. Watch it. Well, I, why should I watch Legion? Because <laughs> um, it's so mind-bendingly amazing. I'm just going to go out there on a limb and say it is the single best superhero TV show that there's ever been. Now, okay, oh, I'm so not going to argue with you. Is there a guy in a cape? No. No, but they have costumes, kind of. Okay. Okay. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> not <Sorry>. really. Kind of. <laughs> not not. I watched the first episode and I saw zero capes. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> let me no just, capes. Yeah, put, let me put this out there. No though. Capes. There's lots of powers. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're weird powers, and you guys talked about that pilot episode without me because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the pilot episode. Now I hadn't seen it then. I've seen all uh, eight episodes. I think now that they did for the first season, it was like eight. There's only eight episodes in the first season. Something like yes. that. Yes, I'm looking at uh, the episode list right now. It's eight episodes. Yeah, so you're you're there's, there's not a lot of investment there as far as no. the time investment, uh, but you will be surprised. There are references to things, and the way that they show things without showing it. Um, there's a huge battle. I, I don't want to give away too much, but there's a huge battle between good and evil that takes place as a flashback and it is brilliant the way they present this battle. And then there's this, there's another scene where they just take a piece of music and they use it to such amazing effect throughout the whole, uh, this, this very tense scene. Uh, but it's like the episode is the tense scene. <laughs> and, yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, Stuart, I'm not speaking for Samantha. She can speak for herself in just a moment. But as far as I'm concerned, I was blown away and couldn't wait for the next episode. And they it's experimental. It's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's mind bending. Uh, it's really, really neat. But don't cool. just take my word for it, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> mickey mouse club and reading rainbow you are on a roll tonight <laughs> okay um so i am just enamored with the stanley kubrick sort of style oh yeah and and but what's really blowing my mind is i'm not sure exactly what decade the show is set in i'm beginning to think it's in an alternate 1990s where you know the 1960s and 70s style just kind of stuck <laughs> because everyone's wearing clothes from that era but there's references to emails and the internet and this and that and technology no. but you don't really see this stuff on screen i think they're just in portland <laughs> 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 
And <laughs> that was a Portlandia joke. <laughs> also known as a real world Portland joke. Also, uh, yeah, that that is true too. Uh, from everything I've heard about Portland, Portlandia is not far off the mark. I uh, love that show. Love that ab- show. It is absolutely true that Portlandia is. It's not. It's a documentary. It's not a TV show. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, but, so oh, back to oh, Samantha. I also wanted to touch on, um, I think it's episode seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Stevens, who is British, uh, if you have not seen Downton Abbey, he is British. If you have not Downton seen The New Beauty and the Beast, he is British. But in this show, you almost don't recognize him, and he has this American accent, except there's a moment uh, in episode seven. I think it is seven. It might be. I think you're right. It's seven. Where he's talking to himself. He's talking to the logical part of himself. And I love that they brought in Dan Stevens' real accent. <laughs> and I thought it was very used very intelligently because I've seen this kind of thing done with actors who are using different ac- accents that, you know, in an alternate universe or a flashback or something. But what I thought was amazing is that this could be a hint to Legion's parentage. It could be something that he could remember Careful. subconsciously. Careful. Yes. I know. Wait, I so is is Dan Stevens, guy from Downton Abbey and Beast from Beauty and the Beast, um, is he the lead? Yes. Yes. <gasps> Barely oh. recognizable, though. I mean, it's it's yeah. wild because he's so much younger looking mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. than he is in Downton Abbey. Uh, to me, anyway. But part and of that much is- much less furrier. In the, yes. in the beauty, yeah. than in Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> but but you know Samantha is talking about Stanley Kubrick, and and it is, but it's basically Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch get together to make a superhero TV show. And yes, Stanley Kubrick says we're making two thousand one, and David Lynch says no, we're making Twin Peaks, and then <laughs> Legion shows up and says, wait a minute, I was created by Bill Sikwenowitz. I don't know how you say his name, but uh, yeah, it just. Yeah, it's it's a cool show. Cool show. Highly recommend it, but it is a difficult viewing at some points of time. Um not quite as bad as Jessica Jones. I was going to ask. No, but <laughs> nope. but I still wouldn't watch it around the kids. And well, because it gets into ideas of mental illness, it gets into mm-hmm. ideas of of violence, but the relationships are also a very very important part of the whole show. And there is relational violence that happens, not just right. Uh, it, it is wild, but not so wild that it's completely unrelatable. Like uh, like a, a, like two thousand one. In right. some ways, two thousand one is unrelatable because of how wild it is. But this show, uh, the things to do with music, sound design, uh, character design. Um, Aubrey Plaza, who plays Lenny. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, she doesn't even really need some of the makeup that they put on her. She, I mean, just because I, I could tell she's a dancer. I don't have to look up her profile. It's just the way she moves. I can see she's a dancer. And dancers can, they really understand how how a character holds themselves um, or how, how you can change yourself to look like something else mm-hmm. just through your posture or the way you're standing. And, oh, she's amazing. She's definitely allowed to do a lot more things than... She was doing in Parks and Rec. <laughs> right. <laughs> or in Portlandia, which yes. is another connection. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, sorry, she is in Portlandia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that's Legion. All right, I'm gonna go maybe watch it soon. Probably not because I have other things. Yeah, other. I want to watch it. Let me put it that way. I want to watch it. But when you get but, to it, it won't take you long. No, and I'm, I'm season two has that been it's only. Yes, I'm intrigued that it's only eight hours or so. Yep. Maybe when it gets on Netflix. It's on Hulu. So. Another reason oh. to get a Hulu account. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to be on Netflix if it's already nope. on Hulu. If it's going to be on Hulu or already there, but yeah. No, that's how I watched it. Was um, I think it was day after or no? It wasn't day after because you saw the episode Samantha long before I did. But yes. Um. So it's like a week. Maybe it's eight days after. But they're all there or were there before. So, yep. Oh, cool. Legion. That's it. Say good night, Stuart and Samantha. Good night. Good night. Good night, Stuart and Samantha. That's what I was waiting for. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>